0: I'm Erica Austin, and you're tuned into the Backyard Pet Talk with Shannon Riley podcast. Hello, Erica. I am so excited to have you on our podcast
1: today. Erica and I met at Pet Professional Guild Summit in Arizona this year, and we got to hang out together as we had our booths, and she is with Dogwise, this amazing dog book company that's been around forever and ever and ever. As long as I have been a dog trainer, I have been buying books from DogWise. And today we just decided we talk a little bit about DogWise and dog books and how DogWise can really help you find the books that you need for dog training, but um, you may or may not know what to find because they're not always, you know, big published books, but DogWise always has current authors, current speakers. They really keep up with dog world. So this podcast, you know, can be for pet dog owners too, because they have amazing dog books for, you know, if you're a pet professional of any kind, but they usually go to dog training conferences. So dog trainers know them a little bit better, but Eric and I were talking a little bit right before we started. And, you know, people aren't reading these books all the time and, or reading books in general, which we need to get back to. And then I am guilty of this. I buy a lot of books and then I don't always read them back in my early days. I was really bad. And I would have to bring an extra suitcase to any conference I went to. Because I would buy so many books that I needed a new an extra suitcase to come home. But that was before you had to pay for all the luggage and stuff. Then I got a little smarter and just had them when they when any book company would co- offer free shipping. I was like, okay, you can ship it to my house. But then it wasn't as exciting because I didn't get to have it in my hand and things. But I'm also guilty about not reading them when I get them home. I just skim through them. I mean, I, my, I have best intentions. So I think that we need to remember that Dogwise is there because... You know, you may not be able to get these books on ebook or audiobook. So you have to get them old fashioned paper books. So, welcome, Erica, so much for being here. So, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself because, you know,
0: sometimes it's interesting to know how do people get into the book publishing company? Absolutely. So, I got into the book publishing company because I love books <laughs> and I am a dog trainer. So, I had never heard of dogwise before i became a dog trainer and when i became a dog trainer i it was important to me i wanted to get a certification i really wanted to have letters behind my name i'd been you know training for a little while and i had a mentor and and was getting started and had learned about the ccpdt organization. And I really wanted to get my CPDTKA. So my certified Mm -hmm. professional dog trainer knowledge assessed, and it is a written exam. You take it on a computer and it's assessing your knowledge of dog training. And when I went to the website and was doing my research on how do I get this certification and how do I prepare for this exam? One of the resources was a list of books to read and DVDs to watch, or I think there were some streaming videos at the time even, and it was like five pages long. I'm like, I've never even heard of any of these books. And so like you do, you go to Google and I would type in the name of the book and I would find it on Amazon and and I'd put it in my cart. And then there were a few books that I couldn't find on Amazon. And, and I found this website called DogWise. And so then I found that all the books, every single book that I needed <laughs> on the list was on this DogWise <clears throat> website. And if I ordered more than $50 worth of books, which I did, it was going to be free shipping. And so I bought three or $400 worth of books and they <laughs> all got shipped to my house and I ripped them open. And I had this stack of books that I was going through and I would read I mean, I I was always a big reader. I love reading. I devour fiction novels. I'll read a book in a day. I just love to read. I had never in my life enjoyed nonfiction. And I actually have a degree in history. So I <laughs> had, did a lot of reading in college, a lot of nonfiction reading. And it was always such a chore. But when I started reading these books from Dogwise, I would just, I mean, hours would pass. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I read that whole book and I understood it. And it was something that I was able to really absorb the information and then apply it to what I was practicing in real life. And I just couldn't get enough of it. So anytime that I wanted a, a dog book, I would start going to Dogwise. And I didn't know a ton about the company, but I had definitely, you know, started becoming a regular customer for them and then went to my first conference and same thing like you, I went straight to the book table and wanted to buy everything. <clears throat> Um, it's funny now that I'm on the other side of the booth and I'm selling books to people, people tell me that all the time. What you said, Shane, I'm like, I have to bring an extra suitcase. My extra carry on is just for books, you know, and, and because people, they do, they want to buy a ton of books. But what I also do find at conferences is people are like, Oh, I already have that one. And I, I, now I say, have you read it yet? And they're like, uh, yes. no, <laughs> you know? so people do have that, like, this is my TBR list, my to be read pile. Yes. It's getting bigger, you know, but so I had a pretty big TBR list of books and and would read these dog books and would, you know, see see new books coming out and and going to conferences as a as a baby trainer as a little brand new uh-huh. trainer and trying to get as much knowledge as I could. And I love going to conferences. I I tell people especially their first time I'm like be prepared. It is like drinking from a fire hose and you yes. At the end of three or four days are just like, what day is it? Where am I? My brain is about to explode from all this information. And then you go home and you're trying to kind of absorb it and process it. And then three or four months later, you're like, wait, what was that thing that I learned at that conference? And something I love about books, especially when you go to a conference and there's a speaker there who has written a book, then that author, you can take that information and maybe you took as good of notes as you could, but it was only an hour and a half presentation. And now you have the book in your hand. And if you have the book in your hand, you can go through it at your own pace. You can absorb the information in your own time. You can you know, write in the margins and highlight in the book and really apply the information. I think it's just easier to process that information a little more in a realistic timeline, a little bit slower than at a conference when you're just, you know, it's just, it's dumping buckets of information. Oh, on yeah. you fast. Conferences can be so overwhelming. And I mm-hmm.
1: used to be the like super, you know, I go to a conference and I would schedule out every one I was going to be at before I get there. I'd like highlight it yes. and I literally <laughs> would be going. And like, if there was an early riser one, I was there. So like, I would be there from sometimes 7am until like six or seven o'clock at night. And I did all the networking and I did all of the things. And I started learning that I was exhausting myself and I had Mm -hmm. to start picking and choosing a little bit, but the books were always something that was really good. And it's funny that you should say, you know, you you did your um, CPDT on the computer because I did the first one in 2001, <laughs> and it was paper and pencil. And we were all in this big giant room in New York. Oh my gosh! And, and wow. we had to circle. I mean, I don't even I don't even remember if it was Scantron or if it was just circle on this, you know, 300 pages of you know paper. It was it was <laughs> old school pencil paper, you know. But they did still have the list. It wasn't quite as exhaustive then because it was 2001. So, but you know, Culture Clash was on there. Mm-hmm. Karen Pryor, Don't Shoot the Dog was on there. And the best, and there was no Amazon and there was no Google really. So I could, and so I had to go to real bookstores, which obviously aren't going to have those things. So my only resource for a very long time was Dogwise. And I would take the paper catalog home after, and then I would order things if I needed to. But Tried to buy things when I was at the conference so I could see the book, but it really is a great resource. And that is a great way. I mean, still to this day, if I go to a conference and it's a speaker that the first time I've heard them and they have a book, I do go back and get their book oftentimes because they can only give you so much information. Absolutely. And a lot of things don't change. Some things change a little bit, but we're working with positive force free stuff has been going on. Karen Pryor wrote about that in her, don't shoot the dog. I don't even know how many, 30 years ago. I don't even remember how mm-hmm. oh, old yeah. that is now. And so, and it's still a classic, you know, it's a culture clash. Gene Donaldson still a classic. Like those things are still relevant, you know, in our dog training today. So it's great, but it is hard to find these sometimes because they don't end up at Barnes and Noble. They don't end up, um, sometimes they don't end up on Amazon. Or if you get them on Amazon, you have to get them from a second seller anyway, which you don't know how trustworthy it is. So- well, and
0: that's the thing. Here's the thing about Amazon versus DogWise. First of all, DogWise is a small family owned business and we always like to support small businesses. But with Amazon, you can go to Amazon. Anyone can go to Amazon and type in dog training books. And the first 100 top dog training books, I can tell you right now, because they're the top 100, that does not mean they're the best dog training books out there. They're the best selling. Yes, The information in them has not been screened by anyone. So part of my job, one of my roles at Dogwise, is when someone writes a new book and publishes a book, not with us, they would like to sell it on our website. They send us a copy of the book and I read it. And I have turned down a lot of books because there's a mention of how to properly use a prong collar. There's a mention of how to use an ear pinch or a tooth pinch. And I'm like, are we still doing this? You know? Right. And, and, and there are, there are people who are still doing that. And there is outdated information that, that, trainers, some trainers are still disseminating that information. And as dog wise, that is important to us that we are not a part of that information going out there. We are very, it's crucial to us that we have the most scientifically sound up-to-date, well-researched information going out to the public, to dog trainers, to behaviorists, to pet owners, to veterinarians, to shelter staff, You know, we want to make sure that people, we are a trusted source of information at DogWise. And that's, that's crucial because you could, you could go to Amazon and get all of the books. Most of the books that we sell on our website, you could buy on Amazon, but you Mm -hmm. also could get lots of other books. And so how do you know, is this a good resource or not? So when
1: I, even if I like Google something, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, like that's the, I mean, some of the books that are still most popular is because they've been around for, you know, a hundred years, but that doesn't mean because In my book, you know, the evolution of dog training, it's like, it's why it changed from like what we did a hundred years ago and how it's gradually changed and why we have resistance to the change. I talk about that in my book, some, and then we have to keep moving forward and, and keep up some of the things and, and some old information is still relevant, but then there's some things that really need to get out of our vocabulary, alpha dominance, all of that stuff needs to be, um, you know, punishment, this These, all these um, aversives really need to get out of our language so that it makes it clear. I just had one of my um, really good clients say something about a very prominent, I won't even, you know, give him his name, but a prominent TV personality, dog trainer. And I was like, no, 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 you know, like, (laughs) yes, don't because you are going to confuse yourself when I'm telling you these things and you're going to read these things. Yes. No, just don't go there. Uh, You need to stay on one path because you're just going to confuse yourself and the dog. And this isn't the way you want your relationship to be. So it is such a great thing. Cause like, I would easily be able to tell anyone that was looking for dog training books, like just check out dog wise, that's going to be safer. And then, I mean, I was look just looking through the catalog I got from you when I saw you. And I was just like, you know, I have a lot of them because I've been doing this for a long time, but <laughs> I actually just said, you know what? to try I, I think i want to look at this gamify you know your classes one because i haven't done that one yet and it kind of freshened up my curriculum for my classes because you know you do them kind of the same way until you learn another little a different perspective from another trainer so it's great absolutely having it now i'm curious if you know and you may not know this since you're you know haven't been with dogwise since the beginning and the conception but how did dogwise come about how did it get started
0: yeah, so I can tell you for sure and and there is a little bit of information on the website, but Charlene and Larry Woodward founded DogWise in 1988. And so Dogwise has been around for a long time, but it has gone through a few different transformations in the last few years, few decades. And it was an idea that they had where they wanted to, this was before Amazon. Let me Mm -hmm. just go on the record and say it was before Amazon. They would go to dog shows with these huge, I mean, like I've heard, and I've seen pictures just, you know, 40 feet of tables and just tons and tons of books because these books aren't at Barnes and Noble. So they would special order these books and bring them to dog shows, to dog training conferences, sometimes to veterinary conferences, things like that, but mostly to dog shows. And, and sometimes it'd be breed specific. And they would sell these books to people who had come to the dog shows or to the conferences in real time. And then they put together a catalog and it was a mail order catalog and they would ship out this catalog. And pe- there was a phone number and people would call and place an order like you used to do with catalogs. So, I'm just, <clears throat> you're making me go from the blast. Staff, I remember there were like
1: four <laughs> tables. They had books and books. And I would go to that table multiple times because I would not see something the first time I went through. And so I'd be at a conference for four days and I would go every day and almost get a book every day. Like I was you know, because it was this massive table. I, mm-hmm. I, I You're just giving me a little flashback. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: wasn't there, but they've really painted a nice picture of it. And I've heard Larry tell this story to lots of people at conferences and I've asked him about it a lot. So um Larry's still there. He's still technically running the company, but he is trying to retire and play more golf than edit books now. <laughs> but his son, Nate, runs the company also. And the company is based in Wenatchee, Washington. So it is a very small family owned business. Mm-hmm. Nate came on, he had, has a background in business and he actually built their first website. So they went online and they went to not just going to places with with their catalogs and doing mail order and they brought it online. And then what was really happening that was interesting for Dogwise at the beginning was this catalog kind of mail order system was... What people now have as Amazon. So that's kind of also how Amazon started was, you know, we're going to mail order you special order you this thing that you can't find at Barnes and Noble or at, I mean, Target wasn't big then, but you wouldn't be able to find these breed specific Mm -hmm. books or these training specific books anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very, very unique service that was being offered. And then Amazon had, you know, was doing something similar and Amazon obviously grew very, very, very quickly and expanded their product repertoire to be quite a bit larger. Mm -hmm. And when Amazon really took off and really started doing, you know, two day shipping and their prime memberships, it was very difficult for Dogwise to compete with that level of customer service. We're a very small team and still offering a great service to our customers, but not at the scale. Obviously, of of Amazon, and you know, I I'm sure you remember, but bookstores in general had a really hard time. I watched yes. bookstores go under. Oh,
1: all the um, I used to go to. I mean, Barnes and Noble was you know the big one, but I used to go to the Copperfields, and I used to go to all the local places. Mm-hmm. There, are no, I don't know if any local bookstores besides in Ventura, where I'm at, we have a um, bookstore that's uh, just a bank of books. It's called, but it's a very small, private owned. But a lot of them are used books you know, Mm -hmm. consignment book. And we have a Barnes and Noble. But even I think Barnes and Noble is probably suffering from Amazon because I used to go to Barnes and Noble and just cruise the, you know, the aisles because I love books so much. And then now I don't know when the last time I was at Barnes and Noble, cause I yeah. can just get on my computer. It's so
0: convenient. It's so yes. convenient. It's that I long, mean, two day shipping and, exactly. you know, and while you're there, you can also add this other thing that has nothing to do with books. So I mean, right. they have got a great business model, but I remember <laughs> when like borders books went out of business and that was yes. a bigger bookstore, you know, and, and the independent bookstores and the small bookstores and you see them sometimes in small towns, but even those it's, they're struggling. It's really hard. And yes. when, That started to really affect Dogwise, they made the very wise decision to add a publishing side to their business. So before that point, it was mostly retail and reselling books that were published elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then Dogwise Publishing started in 2002. So we actually would approach authors, they would write books with us, and then we would publish those books and Dogwise published books are available on Amazon mm-hmm. so that people in the wider world can maybe hear of them if they've never gone to dogwise.com or never heard of Dogwise. Those are available there, but that's how how Dogwise is, is continuing to to stay stay relevant and, and, stay, and, and afloat, stay relevant yeah. yeah so the publishing side of things is is really very interesting and is very new to me and and I'm very glad to be a part of it it's a really interesting thing to watch that process and to be a part of seeing a book go from an idea to it's in your hand and as you know that's such a what a neat what a neat thing to have that yes. experience yourself to have that but it's a lot of work as you know as an author totally
1: To have to put the book together and people don't realize, you know, when you go to publish a book, the hardest part, I mean, and this people don't really think like, Oh, you wrote a book. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm sitting down. I have three kids. I have a business like, and you can't just like write for 30 minutes and then come back. Like you have to, once you like are writing to keep your flow of consciousness and to keep all that, you've got to like sit down. So I had to literally sometimes go out of town for a weekend. But then I couldn't, you know, you go out of town and you kind of want to just, oh, I just want to sleep in. And, and I couldn't do that. I had to make a schedule. So I would go out of town and I drive somewhere Friday. And then so Friday I would give myself off because I had driven, get my food ready for the weekend. like, And then I actually made a schedule for myself as if I was at a conference or as at like a writing workshop. And I'd be like, okay, you're going to wake up at eight. And I'd usually have my dogs with me. So I'd be like, okay, we're going to go on our walk you're going to eat breakfast. And then at like nine o'clock, you're going to write from nine to 12. Then you Mm -hmm. can take an hour break, walk the dogs, eat some lunch, then from one to five, you're going to work. And then, you know, and I would have to do that because it was hard to just get the words on paper. Then that's just the first start, because then you got to organize it because once what you think you're going to write, and then what actually comes out is a whole So then you're like, okay, so now the order that I thought my chapters were going to go in is not making sense anymore. Or, oh, I had this other idea while I was writing something. So then you have to restructure that.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say the editing process is very similar. You know, (laughs) I have got four manuscripts that I'm supposed to be editing right now. And I can't just, okay, I've got 30 minutes, I'm going to read this bit you know, and you really do need to get into the flow. You need, I need a minimum of two hours to really Mm -hmm. go through and be able to say, actually, this chapter should go here, or this paragraph makes more sense here, or let's add a heading here so that people really know what this section is about. You know, the, the editing is a lot more work than just reading the book. I was really good at just reading the books. And now I'm trying to learn a new skill of how to edit the books. and, And Larry is mentoring me through that. And that's been a really, interesting skill to grow because it's like you said, it's, it's a labor of love creating a book. It it's not, really is. And there, there are a lot of self-publishing options out there. Um, Amazon does a self-publishing option mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going that route. And a lot of people who have gone that route have then sent their books to us. And we're like, yeah, the information in here is good and we're happy to resell it. But there are also some books that we get that we're like, oh, we wish you'd come to us because we could have really helped you organize and restructure this a little bit better, or you know, if you're, if you're self-publishing and you're self-editing, or even if you have, you know, a friend who's editing it for you, they know you, they know your voice. They know yes. what you meant to say, but yes. our job is to say, here's what you need to actually communicate to your audience and let us help you find that voice and be able to get the book to where it's going to make sense to more people.
1: For sure. I mean, that is, you know, cause I did all the writing, you know, and I, and I did it. And then I had multiple people, Read and edit it. Some people were people I knew. And then I hired editors that knew nothing about, knew from nothing, you know, that could look through it. And, you know, they made their, you know, changes. And then you have to be careful with your editor. I had one editor who I'd been working with, but she was getting older. And I didn't realize that she was starting to have a little bit of minor dementia. She was like in another state. You know, we would talk on the phone. It was before Zoom. So, you know, we would talk on the phone and she brought edited something back. And I was like, okay, you like, This doesn't, it was bad. I mean, it was really like (laughs) she had actually made it worse. So then I had to just scrap everything she had done, which she ended up admitting that, you know, she can't do this anymore and gave, you know, but then I had to find another editor. And then I had somebody who actually was a secretary, a legal secretary, and she was retired. She's like, I'll do it. And she literally, line by line, this was after we had already fixed the structure and we knew the flow was okay we were looking for grammatical issues, Mm -hmm. you know? So she took a ruler and read one line at a time. And then I had to do one more re-edit, you know? And then since then, I haven't had people comment that there's any grammar issues and most people say it's flowing, but that is a hard thing. And and I couldn't edit my own because Mm -hmm. I would fill in blanks.
0: Yes. And,
1: you know, it gets to be where you have to have other people read it. And then as an author, you have to be okay with constructive criticism. Like you had to be okay with somebody saying, you know, cause you're passionate about this thing that you just spent however long hours, years, you know, months, like, right. like you, it's a labor, like you said, a labor of love. And then you've got this editor who's saying, you know, well, this doesn't make sense. And you're like, but it does. And, and <laughs> you have to be able to just go, okay. And I've gotten really good at like, you know, if somebody says this doesn't really make sense, I don't take it personal. Like, okay, how can I reword that then? If you right. don't understand it, my, my point isn't to, to be this high level, you know, author, that's all knowing I like, but I mean, I want people to learn the information and I try to make it an easy, my goal was to make it easy to read. So if somebody didn't understand it for me, I was like, okay, I didn't do my job. How can
0: I fix it? But not everybody.
1: No, not every author
0: takes that criticism very well. And, and that is tough. And, you know, being again, on the other side of it, I've had to be the one to deliver the information to an author and say, this needs some work or this isn't, I don't think you really got your point across. And it's how do you deliver that information in a positive reinforcement way, right? Like yes. how is the human of like, I want to help you and I yes. don't want it to sound too rough, but I also want to make sure that we're doing this correctly and we're doing it together. And I think that that is something that it, it does take some practice with that. And I've, I've also had, you know, we have a lot of people who submit books and maybe the idea is good, but it's been done a dozen times or maybe the idea is, almost there, but it's not quite enough, or, you know, they want to go in a different direction. And we do encourage people to self-publish if they have submitted something with us. And we're like, you know what, this isn't a good fit for what we're looking for, Mm -hmm. but that's never fun to tell people like, I know this is, this is your baby. And, and it's, it's not that it's not good enough for us, but it's not the right match. And so that is part of our job is making sure that the authors that we work with are, delivering information or have projects or ideas that like, yes, this is going to hit our target audience really well. And mostly our target audience is dog trainers. But Mm -hmm. like you said before, we have a lot of pet guardians that buy books from us. We just did our black Friday sale and we always put turd um, on talking terms with dogs for $5 and people just Go crazy, go bananas and buy it. And and I encourage people, I'm like, buy them for your clients. It's a, it's a tiny little book. It's got lots of pictures. And I bought one for a friend of mine and he's getting into training and he's oh my gosh, I've I didn't know this. I've seen these things with dogs all this time, but I didn't now I can recognize it. And he said, I had my 10 year old daughter read it. And so she's understanding stress signals and our, our rescue dog, and it's already improved the communication. And so, you know, we definitely have books that anyone can just pick it up, read it and immediately start applying it to their life. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have Christina Spalding's, the stress factor in dogs, which I'm going to be honest, I, it gave me a headache the first time I read it. I was like, I don't think I'm smart enough to read this book. <laughs> yeah, we, had, yes. we hadn't even published it yet. It was still the manuscript. I'm like, oh, I don't even, I didn't even know what I didn't know, but it's very science heavy. There's a lot of annotations in there. There's a lot of citations and and it's very, very research heavy. And it, it took me a minute to kind of read through it and really understand the information, mm-hmm. but it is one of the best books we've published in years. It's so, you know, we everyone's always referencing that book and talking about that book and talking about how in-depth and and that great level of knowledge. So there's such a span of books available out there. You know, I work with reactive dogs a ton.
1: And so people are like, why don't you write a book about re- dog, reactive dogs? And I'm like, because, you know, like there are so many people who have done it that, I'm, we're doing the same thing. It's mm-hmm. not worth my time. Same thing with puppies. Cause I do, I've been doing puppy classes since the nineties.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, well, I'm going to still tell everybody to get Sophia again's, you know, puppy
0: book or <laughs> yes. something anyway. So yeah.
1: I'm not going to why recreate the wheel. So that's yeah. why when I did mine, what part of part of my passion was always teaching people, getting them to be crossovers. Like why? Mm-hmm. Did you go or or why, why did I go from using choke chains and pinch collars back in the 90s to what I did? And then and I work with my clients a lot who come to me sometimes with a versus because that's what they've learned. And what I started to realize, because I have a lot of positive trainers, I can't get these people to cross over. And I'm like, well, I don't really have that trouble. And I realized it's because I go really gradually and I just, I don't judge them. And I just start saying, look, this is what we started 100 years ago. And so that's where when I did my book, it was just a different in, you know, you know, mm-hmm. book of evolution of dog training, like why it's important. But then sometimes it's hard to get people to understand why it's important. Cause they're like, well, right. why do I care? And it's right. like, because you need to be able to answer to somebody who says, well, why shouldn't I, if it works. And right. so that's where I go back to, yes, it works. And, but these are why it's changed over the years. And this is how it's changed. And very simple because I did I wanted it available to a pet owner or a beginner dog trainer. Absolutely. But Jane Donaldson doesn't need to know what the, you know, history of dog training was. She's lived it, she knows it. She's lived it like me. But for baby, you know, dog trainers who are little baby dog trainers who are coming straight into force three positive, they are really like overwhelmed by a person who's like, but I've always used a pinch color. I've always used a chalk. And then they get judgmental because they're like, well, why? That's so cruel. And they go straight into what we know now. And I don't feel like you can help people learn and change if you're judgmental and criticizing them. So you have to educate them. And so that's why I chose to write my book and it was different, but it's not a real common niche because people don't know they need to know it. But, you know, so I'm always promoting it to tell people like, You need to know what you need to know because you just don't, you don't even know you need to know it. And it's not meant to be like complicated and I'm not recreating the wheel in it, which then makes it hard to publish or get publishers to take it or take it because they're like, well, this isn't new information. I'm like, Uh yes, but there's no book. I could not find a book when I was researching if I should write this that goes through. We started this a hundred years ago. We used leeches for medicine a hundred years ago. You know, we thought mm-hmm. the world was flat. You know, yes. there's the, you know, all of these things we thought that we've changed, but why can't we change our perspective on dog training? We we accept that medicine has changed. We have accept the world has changed. We accept cars have changed. We accept we have computers now. Phones have changed. All these things have changed, but we can't like you guys probably have that too, where you get books where you're like, this is a great idea. And then we'll like, like this stress in dogs. I have it because it's going to be my reading for starting next in January. (laughs) And I have it on my dining room table because I'm like ready. I just need to sit down and do it because I like the science geeky stuff. I am fascinated with stress, trauma, and resilience. So I'm like, can't wait to devour that book, but I can understand where somebody else wouldn't. And I could see where that might be a book that only to hire, you know, dog trainers who are interested in that, like somebody who's just doing good manners, you know, might go, well, why do I need to know that? That's like, beyond what I want to know. So well, it's such a hard range.
0: Yeah, and something I found that's really interesting, you know, my my role at DogWise when I first was hired, I had just had my daughter and I wasn't quite back to training yet and we were in the middle of COVID and I saw I got I got the DogWise newsletter that you get every week. Uh-huh. And at the bottom, it said, we're hiring a social media person. And I was like, oh, I will apply because it was work from home and it was gonna yes. be perfect. I'm like, but I'm not going to get it. You know, like, I mean, this is dog wise, like right? and I did and I got the job and I was so over the moon about it. And now I write that newsletter every week. So that's uh-huh. like my main job is to write the newsletter. And I always think that's really ironic, that that's how I found out about it. And then they brought, you know, they said, can you just do, you know, a social media post a week, essentially something on Facebook, something on Instagram. And I kind of took over those roles and then wanted to really find a way to reach people. Like, yes, it is important for businesses to have a website and to have a social media presence, but what is the goal of having your social media presence? And it's been really fun to kind of develop that. You know, when I first started, it was just like, here's this book that's for sale. Here's this book that's for sale. And something I've started doing the last few months is I'll share a quote from a book mm-hmm. and people, and I'm getting such a huge response of people being like, Oh, that makes me want to read more in the book. And I'm like, yes. well, that's good. Cause that's my whole, that's my right, job. Exactly. Is that's what I'm doing. Get you to yes. buy the book and then actually read it. So let me show you, you know, I'm one of those people who, who dog ears books and writes yes. in the book and highlights. <laughs> I'm like, I will read a book and highlight something and be like, wow, that's a great little shareable nugget. And maybe if that's just enough, if I can successively approximate you to read an Instagram <laughs> post, maybe I can get you to, you know, click on the link and buy the book and then read the book. And I'm trying to find a little few more approximations in there because that's a big that's a big lump right there. It but, is a big lump. You know. yes. But I I started interviewing authors and I have them join me usually about once a month um, based on people's schedules. But we all interview an author on Facebook Live. We just added YouTube Live. And I think we're going to try and add Instagram Live in, in the next new year and trying to open up the conversation. You know, I want It is. I feel so privileged to have access to some of these authors. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to talk to Patricia McConnell. What? Right. But you know, but I want other people to have that opportunity as well. And these authors are all so kind, down to earth people who just want to share this information and make the world a better, more knowledgeable, more better informed place. And so they're always so generous with their time. And you know, we'll meet. And and I'm just okay. Anyone who wants to ask a question of Christina Spalding about stress factor and dogs, whether you've read it, whether you have a dog that is experiencing stress, whether you yourself as a human experience stress, and you want to talk about resiliency and how we overcome stress and why it's important and how there's good and bad stress, who wants to talk about it, you know, jump on and, and trying to find more ways to connect people. Because what I've found is that especially social media, now that I mean, TikTok is growing so fast. Yeah it's people say like TikTok is the wild, wild west of social media. It's crazy. You never know what you're going to get out there. And in the same way that anyone can go to Amazon and buy any book on dog training, which may have good and relevant information or may not. When you go to dog wise, you know, that these books have really been vetted and screened and they're a different level. If you go to TikTok, there's a lot of dog trainers out there. There's a lot of people giving dog training advice and same thing on Instagram and Facebook to an extent, but we find a lot that the younger generations are looking at Instagram and TikTok and seeing these very impressive air quotes, impressive yes, dog yeah. training, exactly um you know, methods and thinking, oh, well that works. I'm going to do that with no background information. And yeah. what I'm really campaigning for now is I'm reaching out to a lot of people on social media and saying, you know, you've got a platform, you're either a a content creator or you have, you know, a lot of dogs have their own Instagram and, and what we'll do is say, Hey, have you read this book? Because you're interested in enrichment. Have you read canine enrichment for the real world? And I tell people right off the bat, canine enrichment for the real world is not about how to stuff a Kong. Right. Right. This is going to be a deep dive into the 14 categories of enrichment and how you're making sure that your animals needs are being met. Yes. And I will ask, you know, these, these people who have big social media platforms to read our books and then, you know, talk about it on your social media, because if I can, again, get more people to know that these books even exist, Mm -hmm. then the people who are on TikTok or on Instagram and see oh I want to learn more about this where do you even go what do you even google you know so here's a resource there's this book and we do we're we're slowly growing a community of people on especially on instagram I've got a few people that I'm I'm building a great relationship with that will read a book and they're actually literally highlighting in the book and then taking a picture of their highlights and sharing it on their instagram story and they're getting really good feedback and then they tell me what they're hearing from people and they're like hey can you ask the author this someone said and I'm like why don't we just set up you know a zoom call with the author and we can actually talk about it. So really making those connections, I think is that's, that's the best part of my job is when people (laughs) read those books and have those aha moments or like, I have a question about this. How do I, how do I learn more about this? And where do I go? And being able to literally point someone in the direction and say, here is the next book that you should read, you know, just pull it right off my bookshelf and say, if you enjoyed this one, this is one you're going to like next. And that's one of the things I love most about going to conferences is people come Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh, I have that. And I have that. And I'm have that," and have you read that? They're like, exactly. well, no, they're like, but I read this one and I really liked it, but I didn't really, you know, I wanted to learn more about this, but I wasn't sure what was next. And I'm like, okay, great. Here's what's next, you know? And, yeah. and being able to say that to people, which is adding a little bit more of a personal connection than when you go to the website and you're kind of searching through things or even the catalog of like, you can go through it, but what is the book really about? So trying to really increase that conversation with people of like, this is this is your next step. This is your next book to read, or this is the direction to go. If you want to learn about reactivity, I have a lot that question a lot, you know? And I, yeah. I'm like, here's, here's bat 2.0 and here's click to calm. But, you know, are you a really hardcore clicker trainer? Do you like long lines? Do you live in New York city? Like, right. I mean, how so we're going to help you with that. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and that is so
1: fascinating what you're thinking. I was just thinking, cause I've been doing this for a really long time and I'm thinking about how things change. And, you know, back in the nineties, our biggest problem when, as we were you know learning more getting more positive out in the world were books you know the old books the old mm-hmm. school yes. books about punishment and dominance and you know so then we got into television and we had training that was not scientifically be- you know based on tv but people just believed it because right, it looked it was good and it was edited well And it made it look like in 30 minutes, you could change a dog who's been reactive their whole life, you know? And so everybody was like, oh, this will work. So then you move now to social media and we do, we have, I mean, sometimes I'll interview dog trainers to work for me and I'll say, so who are some people that, you know, that you follow? Like who have you learned from? And they tell me these random YouTubers or TikTokers that I'm like, I don't never even heard of that person. And how are you possibly learning, really learning? from a, you know, 60 second clip or a, you know, a YouTube video that that's not backed. It's not, you know, it's, there's no, what do you know about that person's education? Because most of these people who are successful on TikTok TV or YouTube, most of them, not all of them, but most of them don't actually have the background to be saying what they're saying and they're giving wrong information. But the way that our society is, is they glom onto that because that's the biggest, greatest thing. Where they need to be looking because the people who are doing it right, it isn't an instant gratification thing. You don't get results instantly. So it's going to take time. So, yes, we can do videos on YouTube. And yes, I do, you know, different Instagram posts and stuff, but I'm not going to be able to give you the full solution in a 60 second thing. But I think it's a great thing you're doing of like saying, you know, here are some things so people can learn more. So we get away from this instant gratification. Cause I'm no matter what dog training is not an instant gratification <clears throat> thing. It just is not losing weight's not an instant gratification, getting in shape, running a marathon.
0: None of those things are instant gratification. Dog training is right in that category. Well, and it's interesting you say that. I think it's a good parallel of, you know, you might get that, that quick tip on, on social media that, you know, 30, I mean, I think the limit now for a reel is 90 seconds. You can't learn everything you need to know about reactivity in 90 seconds. We would fix a lot of dogs a lot faster if you could, you know, so there's that, there's that quick little it's well edited. It looks good. It's flashy. So it must be credible because it's obviously working in 90 seconds. And there's that, that quick version. And then the, on the opposite end of the spectrum is a book. And a book, you have to sit down and you have to read it and you have to think about it and you have to highlight it and you have, it takes time to get through a book. And I think that that is a very good analogy for dog training of there might be this quick flashy thing, but if you really want to learn how and why, and have lasting change, that's going to stick with you. That's one of the best parts about reading books is that you're really absorbing information that you can then keep with you for the rest of your life Exactly, and and, change, I think- and really change, not just change mm-hmm. for the moment. Yeah.
1: Really make a long-term change. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Um, and on that, on that note about, you know, these, the videos that you see on YouTube, um, they're again, it's a, it's a not necessarily credentialed <laughs> platform, but dogways does have, we used to carry a lot of DVDs, but almost all of our DVDs now have switched over to streaming video, So we okay, have streaming yeah. video options. So I always tell people, you know, we have books. That is our main Thing that we focus on, but we do also offer DVDs and streaming video. We have mm-hmm. ebooks. We are working diligently to get audiobooks out mm-hmm. there. So Keep an eye out for those. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter so that Perfect. you know when our audio books and, yes. and our social media, don't worry. I'll be the first one to announce it on social media when those are available. But there's a lot of streaming videos. We have you know, seminars and, and I love watching things. You know, I yes. enjoy reading a book, but sometimes I need to actually see it. And for yes. me, one of the big things was like Grisha Stewart's Bat 2.0. Love yes. that book. So well-written, lots of great illustrations. Lily Chin did some great stuff in there, great photos in there but until i watched the video yes the streaming video i was like oh that's what she was talking about and then once i read the book watched the video and then did both a couple of times then it was really easy for me to say now i can actually start teaching this to my clients right and exactly I do, and i do think that her videos are are and her books and a lot of stuff that's on dogwise a the average average <laughs> pet owner dog guardian would be able to read it and use it but i think that it is mostly targeted towards prof- dog professionals. Yes, yes. yes. But it, there's a lot of information that is accessible there. And and that's the goal is to be able to get as much information as possible to as many people as possible so that we can and make good information. Better. And yeah. it's
1: vetted information. That's the other thing that's important. It's not just anybody can, if it's well-written, you know, these, some of these popular people can write, have, you know, some big, big publisher because they think they're going to make a lot of money off of it, right. you know, take it. But they're not vetting it to see if it's good information, like dog training information. They're just looking at it as it's a financial gain for the publisher to yes. get, you know, so it doesn't matter. They don't care what you write in it as long as it's going to sell.
0: Well, and as someone who's just now starting to do more of the editing for our publishing side, I have a dog training background. You yeah. don't find a lot of editors who have a dog training background. So right. you might have an editor that, like you said earlier, maybe they're editing things for clarity, but I had someone who had submitted something and and we all know how confusing the four quadrants of yes. conditioning can be. Yes. And they had said negative reinforcement when they meant positive Punishment. punishment, and I was like, "Oh, you were really close." But here's, you know, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I just skipped that one," you know. So it it is important to have someone who actually understands what's going on and is up to date on what. The so you're not yet is selling your yeah, editor in, right yeah because right. you have to sell a-
1: accurate information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that quadrant is it's so funny when I have beginner <laughs> trainers, I have this one I because I'm starting to teach trainers, and I have this one webinar that if it's if I'm doing the webinar to about positive reinforcement, like what is positive training. That's it's, it's just about basics of positive force free training. And when I get to that, I have a slide. And if it's trainers who are serious, I will spend some time on that slide. If it is pet owners, I'm like, I just want you to be aware that there are these four quadrants, (laughs) right? We are not going to go into this at all. You just want to avoid this one and this one, but you can do (laughs) this one and this one if you need to. And then we're going to move on. And because it's complicated. I, one time with um, Susan Hetz had a three day, we did it like two hours a night. So it was like six hours on quadrant. And we would get a list and then we would talk about it on a, it was like on a WebEx and everybody got to put in like what they thought each mm-hmm. one was. And the discussion was fascinating because it depended on what perspective were you looking from the dog's perspective or the human perspective? What was the environment? What, I mean, it made that like was the best class. Cause it really mm-hmm. hammered in the differences between. But I still sometimes have to think about it, you know? And so it's a, yeah. So there's more, comp. it is, but you have to know that as an editor. Absolutely. I hope that this has been such a great information for people because one, to read books, how to get educated with accurate information. Why Dogwise is better than going to Amazon. So you get vetted books, you get people who are on the speaking track, or you get people who are still actively involved in this business in this career, not just somebody who likes dogs and decides to write a dog book because they decide they have some, their own theories of how it's going to work. You know, dog training has really become a science and an art. You know, when I first started this, there was really no true science in it, but now it's a science and an art. And all the people that you represent on your authors, most of them I've seen speak. Many of them I know because I've been doing this too long and they are very, their authorities, you know, they know they keep up to date too, because that's something that's important is as a speaker or somebody, things will change as science, you know, as we do studies and things and we can learn things. And so they need to be able to be accurate and keeping up. And you guys do a great job at, you know, keeping that, that going. And, and yes, your booth has gotten smaller since um, over the years, so, but that's good for you. You don't have to ship as many books to the conference. Right. Well, as it's many. funny.
0: Yeah, we, I did rotate out. So now I've got a new, a new thing idea. Where day one, it's going to be these books, but day two, it's going to be these. So you just keep coming back to the booth. Cause like you said, you didn't miss it the first time I put something different out. So <laughs> we're always got something new and, and almost every week when the newsletter goes out right now, it's, here's this new book that we're carrying. Here's a new book. And and I want to give a selection of, here's a couple of pages, read a little bit, see if this is something you want to learn more about, but we we're putting new books on the website every week, sometimes two or three books a week. So there's always something new and different visit dogwise.com. You're going to find new books. We are publishing new products. We've got multiple books that are coming up. We're working on our audio books. So if you're looking for, for that information, dogwise is your 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 trusted source.
1: Very good. Well, thank you, Erica, so much for being here. Thank we could you talk so much. forever and ever. Hopefully I'll see you at another conference soon. So thank because you. Because it's super fun. We had a great time in Arizona and now this was great to see you again. So you as well, well. thank, thank you, you everybody who was listening and check out dogwise.com. We'll have all the information, you know, on uh in this for the podcast so you can check them out and check out all their books. And if you're a trainer, this is the place to go to get your information. So thank you, thank Erica, you, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you too.